discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. Father, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your precious Holy Spirit who is here present with us to teach us to guide us we receive your word with meekness and with gladness lord thank you for inspiration like never before thank you that we are all raised to become kings and rule our world even to your glory even in jesus mighty name amen Amen. all right so for the next uh two weeks i'm going to be sharing concerning working for the lord through fasting and prayer okay working for the lord through what fasting and prayer. This is a year of working for the Lord, isn't it? We began the year by talking about uh, the benefits of working for the Lord and, and all that, isn't it? So now we are going to be, so this month, we're supposed to do working for the Lord through fasting and prayer. But the, the month has ended. I couldn't really teach you the way I wanted to. So I'm going to start this month, the today, and then continue next week, Sunday. Then, from then, we'll talk about working for the Lord through soul winning and partnering with God. Okay? That's what we're going to do the next, the next one in, in February. But today, I want to start working for the Lord through fasting and prayer. Do you like the, do you like the title of my message? And uh, I want to start by, by telling you that ignorance is the most powerful tool of the devil. The devil's tool, most powerful tool, is not demons. Be more afraid of ignorance than demons. Okay? Casting out devils is a regular feature of the new creation. Because there are so many devils. There are more devils in the world than there are human beings. There are more demons in this world than there are human beings. There are so many demons and so many devils. So Jesus talks about the fact that those who have believed him shall cast out demons. They shall cast out devils. It's a regular thing. And when you cast them out, they go and come back after some time. They relocate. After some time, they come back to come and check if they can they are there again. You, you can't take them out of the system. There's a time coming when they'll be taken out of the system. But before that time comes, they go and then they come. The demons that were in the madman of Gadara are still in the system. They are, still in the, they are still around. Same demons that caused all those foolish things that Jesus casted out are still in the system. They didn't, Jesus didn't send them to hell. They are, they are still here. Highly experienced. They were born before you. Hallelujah. The main trouble of a Christian is not demons. The main problem and trouble of a Christian is ignorance. Okay? He says that, for my people are cut off from my blessings because of the lack of knowledge. Because they don't know. If you don't know, you are doomed. If you know, you have light. Knowledge, they say, is light, isn't it? Yeah. If you don't know, you are doomed. He says, through knowledge shall the just be delivered. The righteous one shall be delivered through knowledge. It is through knowledge. 
Delivered from what? Delivered from his trouble into his, into his goodness. Do you see? Then in Psalm 82, he talks about... Do you know the scriptures I'm talking about? Do you know what I'm talking about? Okay, go to Proverbs chapter 11. Say through knowledge. Shall the just be delivered. Proverbs chapter 11, I think, verse 32 or so. Your greatest enemy is what? Ignorance. So make an effort to know. Make an effort to know the scriptures. Make an effort to know. Proverbs 11, what? Verse 9. Look at it. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 9. An hypocrite with his mouth destroyed his neighbor, but through knowledge shall the just be delivered. Through knowledge shall the just be delivered. Are you seeing it? Through knowledge shall the just be delivered. The word just means someone who is righteous. And according to the scriptures, we have been made righteous. If you read in Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Let's read from chapter 4, verse 25. The last verse of Romans chapter 4 is verse 25. And the, first, the next verse is Romans chapter 5, verse 1. So let's go to Romans chapter 4, verse 25. He says, he was talking about Jesus. Then he says that Jesus, who was delivered for our offenses, Jesus was delivered for our offenses. Then he says, and was raised again for our justification. He was raised again on account of our justification. Okay? So Jesus came back to life because we were made righteous. We were made just. So we are the just sons and daughters of God. In other words, we are the righteous sons and daughters of God. Say, I'm the righteous son of God. In Christ Jesus. In 2 Corinthians chapter, chapter 5, verse 21, he says that, For God made him to be sin. He made Jesus to be sin. Who knew no sin? So that you and I might be made or might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's what the Bible says. So he's letting you know in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 9, that the righteous ones shall be delivered through the knowledge that they know. So when, when we say deliverance in the New Testament, we are not talking about a certain kind of prayer session. Deliverance in the New Testament is not a certain kind of prayer session. Especially for the children of God. No child of God needs to be delivered from anything because you've been delivered from the paws of the devil and have been brought into the new life. You've been translated from darkness into life and into light. Hallelujah. Go to Colossians chapter 1. Let's read from verse 11 to verse 12. You see what I'm talking about in some more. Colossians. Is it strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and for long suffering with joyfulness? Verse 12. Giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet or qualified to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Verse 13. Then he says, Who has delivered us? Did he say who is going to deliver us? He says, Read it to me, one to go. Who has delivered us from the power of darkness? All the power of darkness. He's delivered us from all the power of, the, of darkness. Not some. All. So you don't need deliverance. Tell everybody, you don't need, you don't need deliverance at all. Oh. Tell everybody, cure, cure your brain. You don't need deliverance at all. At all. What you need to be delivered from is your ignorance. He says, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. It's a reality. We are living in the kingdom of his dear son. That is where we live. That is what we do. That is why he says in Hebrews chapter 12, he says that you have come unto Mount Zion. That is our present state, present tense location. Irrespective of what you do or don't do, you don't fall out of Zion. Sometimes when you are, when you are not good and come back when you are good, you are always in Zion. 
When you fall, you fall in Zion. The Bible says that righteous man falls seven times. And he rises up. So the deliverance of the righteous or the just is in his knowledge. It's in curing his ignorance. Hosea 4, 6. Go to Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. For the lack of knowledge, my people perish. Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject you. That thou shalt be no more priest to me. Seeing thou hast forgotten the love of thy God, I will also forget thy children. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. My people, this God, my people are destroyed. Other version says they are cut short and cut off from my blessings. Because they don't have knowledge. They lack knowledge. Hallelujah. So go for knowledge. Tell me about go for knowledge. Tell them about go for knowledge. Tell them about know the Bible. Know what it talks about. Yeah, because for some people, the devil can accuse them from morning till evening because they don't know, they, they don't have knowledge. They don't have knowledge. Psalm 82, yeah. But let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. Okay? 2 Corinthians 2, 11. This is not, this is not my message, though. I'm just... Trying to introduce what I'm coming to share with you, okay? King James, please. He says, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. We are not ignorant of his devices. He says, don't be ignorant of the devices of the devil. If you are ignorant, what will happen? He will take advantage over you. I'm not the one. He says, lest Satan should have an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. So how is he going to have an advantage over you? If you are ignorant of his devices, isn't it? I refuse to be ignorant. Listen, have a word feast. Fasting and prayer should be with, with the word of God. A word feast. I can fast and pray. Tomorrow I'm going to fast and pray. On my own. And the fasting and prayer is just for some portions of the scriptures to open up to me. I want to get wilder in God's word. If you don't know, you are, you are in trouble. The way to your going forward is your knowledge. What do you know? I preached a message years ago called, What do you know? What do you know? Hallelujah. We, we belong to a family of priests, prophets, and kings. Okay? As children of God, we have been born into a family of kings, prophets, and priests. And it starts from Abraham, who is called the father of faith. Hallelujah. It starts from Abraham. Abraham was a king when he was called. God called him and made him a king. He called him and made him a king. Look at Genesis chapter 17. Let's read from verse 1. You understand what I'm talking about. And when Abraham was 90 years old and 9, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said unto him, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. Verse 2. And I'll make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is it not powerful? Is that not powerful? I see the Lord multiplying you in Jesus' name. Go to the next verse. And Abraham fell on his face and God talked with him, saying, continue. As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. God told him you will be a father of many nations. Next verse. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abraham, but thy name shall be Abraham. For a father of many, many nations have I made thee. Okay? Then he says, and I'll make thee exceeding fruitful, and I'll make nations out of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. I'll let kings come out of you. 
That's what God told Abraham. I'll let kings come out of you. How, who, who gives birth to a king if he's not a king? It's not, it's not kings who give birth to kings. Kings give birth to kings. So Abraham was, was made a king by God. God made him a king. And Abraham was always met by kings whenever he went to any country. Abraham went to Egypt. Look at Genesis chapter 12. Go to Genesis chapter 12. Let me show it to you. Let's read from verse 13, so that we don't read too much. Genesis chapter 12 from verse 13. Abraham went to Egypt, and it was the Pharaoh who met him. He was hosted by the Pharaoh. The Pharaoh is the king of Egypt. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This Abraham talking to his wife, that when they get to Egypt, she should say that, she should say that she's his sister. So say, I pray that thou, thou art my sister, that it may be well with me for thy sake, and my soul shall live because of thee. Hallelujah. Make sure you don't call your wife your sister. Next verse. And it came to pass that when Abraham was coming to Egypt, the Egyptians beheld the woman that she was very fair. She was very pretty. Now, this lady was more than, she was more than 75. But they were, this, this is what God does to you. Hallelujah. At 75, she was a fresh girl to the point that Pharaoh wanted to have her. I'm not the one saying it. It's in the Bible. Even when she got older in 1080, another king wanted her. Abimelech wanted her as well. And it came to pass when they were, Abraham was come to Egypt, the woman, go to the next verse. The princess also of Pharaoh saw her and commanded her before Pharaoh. They brought her to Pharaoh. Pharaoh, this is a hot chick. And the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house. Continue. And he entreated Abraham well for her sake because of her fineness. I see the Lord making you a fine girl in Jesus' name. It's like you don't like, you don't like what I'm saying. Do you like what I'm saying? Ask the nearest lady by, do you like, do you like what Pastor is saying? Even when you're 50, you'll be, you'll be a fresh girl. Hey, it's a blessing from the Lord. And he entreated Abraham well for his sake. He had sheep and oxen and he, he asses. And men servants and maid servants and she asses and camels. I mean, he was blessed. Your mind, your mind is worrying you. And the Lord plagued, look at the next verse. The Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. Because Pharaoh had taken Sarah. And God was not happy. So he plagued them. Look at the next verse. And Pharaoh called Abraham and said, What is this that thou hast done unto me? Why dost thou not tell me that she was thy wife? God revealed it to Pharaoh in a dream. That you are, you are, it's someone's wife you are touching. Amazing. I'm, I'm showing this scripture to let you know that Abraham was a king. You see, you see the way Pharaoh has called him and is talking to him. Pharaoh gave him gifts. After, after the experience, Pharaoh gave him, and Pharaoh called Abraham and said, what is, go to the next verse, verse, verse 19. Why says thou, she's my wife, blah, blah, go to the next verse. And Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him, and they sent him away and his wife, and all that he had, they, they, he was sent out by the king, because he was a king. Our father Abraham was a king. Apart from being a king, he was also a prophet. Abraham was a prophet. He's the first person, if you type the word prophet in the Bible, the first person that you will hear or you will see the, the word prophet assigned to is Abraham. Hallelujah. Let's look at it. Genesis chapter 20. Let's read from verse 1 to verse 7. And then from verse 17 to verse 18. Okay? And Abraham journeyed from thence towards the south country and dwelt between Kadesh and Shur and sojourned in Gerah. So he's gone to another land. And in this land too, and Abraham journeyed from thence. And Abraham said of Sarah his wife, she's my sister. And Abimelech king of Gerah sent and took Sarah, another king, 
This time around, Sarah, this is Genesis chapter 20. The first one was Genesis chapter 12. Okay? Now, chapter 20, she's grown. She's older. But she's still looking hot. Man's now hot. Hallelujah. <laughs> so she, he took her. But then God says, But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Behold, thou art but a dead man, for the woman which thou hast taken, for she is a man's wife. She's another man's wife. It was Abraham's wife. So Abimelech dreamt and saw all this. And God told him, Hand that lady back over to her husband. Okay? Now go to verse 17. I don't want us to read too much. I have so much to share with you, so go to verse 17. Okay, go to verse 7, and then we'll come to verse 17. Okay, this is God talking to Abimelech in a dream. Okay? Now, therefore, restore the man his wife, for he's a prophet. Have you seen it? He's what? Who is he talking about? He's talking about Abraham. God called Abraham a prophet. This is not, it's not that Abraham called himself a prophet. God called him a prophet. Seniors are in the thing. Now, therefore, restore the man his wife, for he's a prophet, and he shall pray for thee, and thou shalt live. And if thou restore her not, know that, no doubt that thou shalt surely die, thou and all that are dying. If you don't give her back all that you have, because you have taken a prophet's wife, you will lose everything. So in verse 17, go to verse 17. When Abimelech gave Sarah back to him, and gave all that he was supposed to give to him, Abraham prayed unto God as a prophet. And when he prayed unto God, God healed Abimelech and his wife and his maidservants, and they bear children. Why? Go to the next verse. Verse 18. For the Lord had first closed all the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. God closed everybody's womb. It wasn't anybody's. It was because of Abraham's lie. Have you noticed? Abraham was the one who lied. But some people's wombs were closed. <laughs> it's amazing. When God chooses you, he has chosen you. No matter what happens, he still defends you anyway. It's an amazing thing. Hallelujah. So Abraham was a prophet. Say Abraham was a prophet. He was a prophet. He was a serious prophet. He was a king. He was a prophet. Then he was a priest. Abraham was a priest. In Genesis chapter 18. Go to Genesis chapter 18. I don't want us to read too much as well. So we'll just read some. Read from verse 17. Genesis chapter 18 from verse 17. And the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? God was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And he came to Abraham's house physically with two angels. He sat down and ate with Abraham and spoke to Abraham about Sarah, his wife, that his wife was going to conceive and bear child the following year. Now, when God stood up and was going and Abraham was walking with God, God turned and said, shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? Why? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation. And all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. Abraham is going to be a great man. Why should I hide what I want to do from him? So God started telling him. Go to the next verse. For I know him that he will command his children his household after him. And they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. This is the job of priests. What is written here is the job of, is a summary of what priest, the priestly ministry does. The priestly ministry is supposed to teach. It's supposed to carry the presence of God. The priestly ministry is supposed to uh, uh, minister to the people. Okay? So God said, Abraham is a priest. So why am, I, why am I going to hide something from him? Next verse. Go to the next verse. Verse 20. And the Lord said, because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous, continue. I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which has come unto me. And if not, I will know. Next verse. 
And the men turned their faces from thence and went towards Sodom. But Abraham stood yet before the Lord. So Abraham was still standing with God. Then Abraham drew near and said, Would thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Abraham started his intercessory ministry before God. Because a priest is supposed to intercede and pray for others. Abraham was not praying for himself now. He was praying for others. And that's priestly. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I see what I'm talking about. So Abraham was what? A king. A prophet. And a priest. Say to me, Abraham was a king. A prophet. And a priest. Now, as you move forward in the scriptures, this, these three very important things were taken from Abraham and given to his sons, Abraham's children. Okay? You know Jacob is Abraham's child through Isaac. Jacob had 12 sons. As Israel grew, God gave Israel a king in Saul. And Israel had prophets. And Israel had priests. Even before the kings came, the priestly service or the priestly ministry was the first to be instituted by God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So initially it was only upon Abraham because Abraham was the first to be called. Then God took it and spread it and parted it to all the children of Israel. Hallelujah. Go to 1 Kings chapter 19 from verse 15. I want to show you something, okay? 1 Kings chapter 19 from verse 15. This is concerning Elijah. Elijah was complaining that he was the only prophet who was left and that uh, Jezebel has killed every other prophet. He was complaining, even though God had told him he was not the only prophet, he was still complaining that he, he was tired, he wants to go. He wants to leave the world. So God called him and told him that, okay, come. I want you to anoint, so this is what God is saying. And the Lord said unto him, go, return on thy, on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when thou comest, anoint Hazael to be king over Syria. Continue. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, shall thou anoint to be king over Israel. So the kingship was, yeah, I mean, you could anoint somebody. It, this, this is the anointing. This, these are the three partitions of the anointing. The kingship, the prophetic, and then the priestly. Okay, these are the three major purposes and the major divisions of the, of the anointing. In the Old Testament, these were the three offices that existed. You were either a king, a prophet, or a priest. But in Abraham, it was one. Abraham was everything. But as time went on, you couldn't be everything. One of the few people who became everything was David. David was both a king, a priest, and a prophet. But apart from me, most of the people were, couldn't occupy all the offices. Okay? Moses was another person who also occupied all the offices. He was a king, he was a priest, and he was a prophet as well. Hallelujah. So God told Elijah, anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshishah. He says, anoint him to be king over Israel. And then he says, and Elijah, the son of Shaphat, of Abel Muhala, hallelujah, shall thou anoint to be prophet in thy room. So it was by the anointing. The anointing made you a prophet. The anointing made you a king. The anointing made you a priest. In the, you go to Deuteronomy chapter 33, from verse 8. Deuteronomy 33, verse 8. You see the priestly side as well. Deuteronomy 33, verse 8. And of Levi, he said, Let thy thumim and thy rim be with thy holy one, whom thou disprove at Massa, and with whom thou strive at the waters of Meribah. These are very important scriptures. Next verse. Who said unto his father and to his mother, I have not seen him, neither did he acknowledge his brethren, nor knew his own children, for they have observed thy, thy word and kept thy covenant. They shall teach Jacob thy judgments and Israel thy law. This, this priestly service. They shall teach Jacob thy judgments and Israel thy law, they shall put incense before thee and hold burnt sacrifice upon thine altar. 
Bless, the, bless Lord his substance and accept the work of his hands. Smile through the loins of them that rise against him. And of them that hate him, that they rise not again. This is the blessing of the priests. Okay? Initially, in Exodus chapter 19, God had mentioned that he wanted to make all of Israel priests. That was the aim of God. He wanted to make everybody a priest, make everybody a king, and make everybody a prophet. So that nobody contacts anybody for anything. But Israel could not qualify. So the only people who qualified were the Levites. Moses went up the mountain to go and take the Ten Commandments. When he came down, all of Israel was fooling around. They were dancing and shouting and had built an image for themselves. A golden calf. And they were worshipping the golden calf. When Moses came down, he got so angry, he said, Who is on the side of the Lord? And only the Levites, only the tribe of Levi came close to Moses. And Moses told them, Draw your swords and kill all those who are out of order. All those who have made themselves naked before, before their enemies, their lost enemies. And only the Levites came to do that particular work. And they killed, they didn't care who it was, whether it was their mother or their father. They killed everybody. In that day, 3,000 people died. They killed about 3,000 people just so that the will of God would be performed. That's what they did. So God chose them and said that these are going to be my priests. And he anointed them to occupy that place. So we've seen that the same thing. Kings, priests, and prophets were anointed by God to stand as saviors for Israel. Okay? Now, fast forward into the New Testament. In the New Testament, God has made us kings and priests and prophets. In the New Testament, today, 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 by virtue of your new birth. Are you born, ask anybody, are you born again? Born. If you are not born again, you are in trouble. But if you are born again, you are. Listen, that is what I'm talking about. Your ignorance is what will prevent you from enjoying certain things and having certain things in your life. Because you don't know. He says that they know not, neither do they understand. They walk, because they know not, not understand, they walk on in darkness. Then he says, I have said that ye are gods, and that ye are the children of the Most High. But you shall die like one of the princes of this world, because you know not, neither do you understand. The day you became born again, you were anointed to be a priest. Hallelujah. You were anointed to be a king. Hallelujah. And you were anointed to be a prophet. Hallelujah. Ask your neighbor, are you, are, are you a king? Are you a king? Yeah. Do you know that you are a king? Yeah. Huh. Look at uh, Revelation chapter, chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1. Let's read from verse 4. It says, John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from him which is, and which was, and which is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before his throne. Next verse. And from Jesus Christ, who is a faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the prince of the kings of the earth. He's the prince of the kings of the earth. What is he talking about? Who are the kings of the earth? You see it. Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Verse 6. And has made us. He has made us what? He says after he washed you in his blood. Washed you from your sins in his blood. The new birth is like that. If you are born again, God has washed you in the blood of Christ. It's called the washing of regeneration. Okay? You are washed. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 11, I believe. Go to 1 Corinthians 6, 11. And such were some of you, but ye are washed. You see, you see and such were some of you. Go, go up, go to, verse, go to verse 10. Go to verse 9. Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, 
nor abusers of themselves with mankind. He's talking about the various vices that are in the world. Okay? Then he says, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Then he says, and such were some of you. Such, such were. It means that God does not see you as a thief, or as a liar, or as a fornicator. He sees you as his washed child of God. He says, and such were some of you. Then he says, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. You see, so this is one of the scriptures that says you know that you are the just, you are justified. But he does it. It is God who does it. not dependent on it. It is God who does it. Because he did it, you don't need to do anything to maintain it. All you need to do is to trust him to help you maintain it. That's all. So he says, unto him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. And has made us kings. He has made us kings. Say, I'm a king. I'm a king. Say it again, I'm a king. I'm a king. He says, He has made us kings. That is why you must dress well. I wish he had, I wish he had a king who dresses like uh, someone who does not know what's going on. Kings dress well, they are trained to dress. Priests have customized dressing. Don't you know that Aaron was cost, Aaron's dress was customized? His dressing determined how he would stand before God. And everything in his dressing spoke of what he was. And spoke of what God was. Reverend George came to do that with us as leaders some time ago. Yeah. His dressing was customized. His dressing was not common. So you must dress well. Tell anybody you must dress well. You must speak well. Kings speak well. Kings don't say shit and fuck and all those things. You don't like my message like I'm a bad man. I'm just telling you what kings don't say. Kings don't say that. Kings learn to say please and thank you. Can you kindly help me? That's what kings do. Ask your neighbor, are you a king or what, what are you? He has made us kings and priests. Hallelujah. Unto God and his father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. That's what he has done. He has made us kings. Now, let me show you some more. Go to, I want to show you more. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Revelation chapter 5 from verse 9 to verse 10. Revelation 5, 9. It says, and they sang a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood. Out of every kingdom. This, this, these are Christians talking. And tongue and people and nation. Verse 10. And you have made us Unto our God, kings and priests, we shall reign on the earth. Says he has made us kings, and we shall reign on the earth. We shall reign on the earth. In Romans chapter 5, verse 17, he says that for if by the offense of one man many were made sinners, how much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness, says they shall reign in life by one. The amplifier says they shall reign in they shall reign as kings. As kings. So God has made us kings. And the Bible says that where the world of the king is, there's power. It means that you have to talk and see the goodness and the glory of God around you. That is why we are, we are talkers of the word. You see, God is a talker of the word. God is a king. And one of the major features of a king is the kind of speech they have. Even if a king is beaten, battered, and destroyed, he will never concede. He will never, even in his, in his conceding, he, he has a way of talking. The kings don't beg. Kings don't beg. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Say, I'm a king. king. Say it again, I'm a king. king. And I'm reigning in life. life. Apart from being a king, God has made us prophets. I told you. You see, we've seen he's made us kings and priests. But there's another side where he's made us prophets. What was in Abraham is in us. You see the way God defended Abraham? Even though he lied. That's how God defends you. (laughs) I'm not saying continue lying. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying at all. But I'm letting you know how much God cares about you. And how God loves you. And how God is willing and ready to protect you at all costs. Irrespective of the situation you find yourself in. All because he loves you. We've been made prophets as well. Tell your neighbor I'm a prophet. Call your neighbor prophet. If you know your neighbor is a prophet, prophet. If you don't know his name, ask, ask for his name. Prophet. Prophet what? Odija. <laughs> Why am I saying you are pro- you're a prophet? Acts chapter 2 verse 14. Go to Acts chapter 2 verse 14. Now in Acts chapter 2 verse 14, Peter was talking about what had happened in Acts chapter 2 from verse 1. In Acts chapter 2 from verse 1, the Bible mentions how that the disciples were gathered. One to two of them were gathered in the, in the upper room. And as they were praying, the Spirit of God came in a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the house where they were. And then they, the Spirit of God filled them. And they began to speak with tongues and magnify God. And as they began to speak with tongues and magnify God, the sound drew a lot of people, different languages. And when they came, they heard the, the disciples speaking in tongues in their languages. Now, that does not mean that Peter was speaking French. And Judas, or whoever it was, James was speaking Italian. And Bartholomew was speaking tree. And uh, Thomas was speaking Ewe. The Bible didn't say that. The Bible says that they heard them speak. Okay? They were, to them, they were speaking in tongues. They were Galileans. They were speaking in tongues. But the people heard it as their language. Do you understand what I'm saying? They heard it as their language because what God had restored, what God had brought to them, the language that God had given to them that they were speaking as tongues was actually the language that was spoken during, before the Tower of Babel. At the Tower of Babel, there was only one language in the whole world. It wasn't Greek. It wasn't Chinese. Neither was it English. It was a tongue. The Bible says the whole world was of one tongue, was of one language, one of one speech. As to which speech is what, the Bible never mentions. It never talks about it. But when they messed up, God divided their tongues. And everybody took one away. Now, the one who was, you see, they were all speaking one language, remember? They didn't have to learn it. They were born speaking. When the day of the dividing of the tongues came, they woke up one morning and their tongues were different. So when someone, so to him, he's speaking the language they were speaking before. The morning, before that morning. Do you get it? Let's say it was English. So he's speaking English. How are you doing? Then this guy also cannot hear what he's saying. And he's also speaking, he thinks that he's also speaking the language that he was speaking a day before. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, they didn't didn't really know what was going on. Everybody was speaking the original, they were thinking they were speaking the original thing. But they were hearing themselves differently. Someone is speaking English and the other person is hearing us gun. And the other person is also speaking gun and the other person is hearing it as, as tree. So on that day, on the day of Pentecost, when God restored the language, the eternal language that God gave before the world began, 
okay the, the people were hearing their tongues in what they were saying so it doesn't mean that speaking in tongues is talking in there someone says speaking in tongues is learning a certain language if you want to speak in tongues, it means that you have to learn french german and all that's like learning different it's learning it's that's not how the that's not what it is hallelujah, hallelujah. praise the lord hallelujah. so as the people gathered you know and peter was talking to them peter began to let that because someone said that oh these people are drunk why are this they are speaking in tongues because they are drunk because you see they're speaking in tongues and the influence of the spirit is like being drunk yeah. the sentence is like being drunk <laughs> hallelujah when a drunkard when a drunkard is coming we just be moving like that he's under the influence same thing when the influence of the spirit happens the, the evidence of what is going on a drunkard will be, will be, will be singing you see the way you are it's like you don't know what that song is hey, you before you are right your spouse I feel like stopping the message I should preach others said others mocking said these men are full of new wine they are drunk that's why they are behaving the way they are behaving because in in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 8 the Bible says and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess but be filled be being filled with the spirit the infant of the spirit is has the evidence of drunkenness a drunkard just starts you, you don't know he's just talking he's just talking just excited that's, those are some of the elements of the infilling of the spirit. When you are full of the spirit, when someone is full of the spirit, the, the person cannot be bitter. Bitterness checks out of, out of your life because you are full of the spirit. You love irrespective. You will hug anybody. You hug even a stranger. A drunkard can hug a stranger. You just be moving around and just come hug you. Have you seen that before? Yeah, he will be singing songs, singing psalms and hymns. And spiritual, he will just be singing. And he can say anything without thinking about it. They are confident and bold. Have you heard of Casa Preco before? Have you heard of Casa Preco? Do you know where they, where they got it from? They got it, that name is from the influence of booze. When someone wants to insult his mother-in-law, all he does is go and drink. When he drinks and he comes back, he talks without thinking. He or Casa Preco, he just talks. That's where they got that name from. Because it brings a certain kind of confidence. In the morning, you, you will be, you see something very quiet. He doesn't, he doesn't remember what has happened. But he, he knows he has done something. But he doesn't remember exactly what it was. <laughs> Hallelujah. Those are, that's what happens when, you have, when a man is with, when a man is with the Holy Spirit, the person becomes bold. He does things that he never thought he could do under normal circumstances. So they said, these, these guys are filled with wine. They are filled with new wine. Then Peter rose and said that, no, brothers and sisters, we are not boozed. We are not Buzites. We are children of God. But Peter standing up with the, with the eleven lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, now remember that Peter was a timid guy. He was a timid guy. But the influence of the Spirit, this Peter was the same guy who ran away when Jesus was going to be crucified. Prior to that, he said that, Oh, I'll die with you wherever you go, I'll go with you. But when the critical time came, he couldn't do anything. He ran away. He ran away. But on this occasion, he stood up before a lot of people and spoke and 3,000 people gave their lives to Christ. The influence of the Spirit gives you a certain kind of confidence, a certain kind of boldness, a certain kind of voice that when you are speaking, everybody can hear you. 3,000 men gave their lives to Christ. 
So he stood up boldly, ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. Listen to me. Next verse. For these are not drunken as you suppose, seeing it is by the third hour of the day. It's just 9 a.m. It's just 9 a.m. We can't, we can't be drunk at 9, then which we are some. <laughs> but this is that which what you are seeing is what was spoken of by the prophet Joel. It, it, this is a prophetic intimation and it, it has become real. Read it to me. Your sons and your daughters are what? Prophesy. They shall prophesy. Did he say the prophet shall prophesy? No. He said that your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. Next verse, verse 18. And on, on, my, and on my servants and on my handmaidens will I, I will pour out in those days of my spirit. And they shall prophesy. The evidence of the coming upon of the Holy Spirit is prophecy. One of the major evidence. Prophecies associated with it. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit. The outpouring of the spirit is prophecy. It's the evidence is prophecy. And they shall prophesy. He says, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. If you are not a prophet, how can you prophesy? So God has made us kings. He has made us priests. And he has made us prophets. We are to prophesy. Tell me about you are to prophesy. You see, go to Acts chapter 19. I don't want us to read too much. So, Acts chapter 19. Let's read Acts chapter 19 from verse 6. This is about Paul. Paul had gone to a place called Ephesus. And he had seen some disciples, 12, 12 of them. 12 disciples. And he asked them, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And they said, oh, we, don't, we don't even know about any Holy Spirit. Then he said, ah, unto what then were you baptized? Then he said, oh, unto John's baptism. Then he told them that you need, to be, you need to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and personal Savior. So that you can receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So he preached to them, he got them baptized, got them born again, got them born again, got them, got them baptized. Then, when Paul had laid hands upon them, he, after that he laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spoke, with tongue, they spoke in tongues and prophesied. They spoke in tongues and prophesied. Were they prophets? They weren't prophets before. But because they received the Holy Spirit, they started prophesying. They, they started speaking in tongues, and they, was, they, they started prophesying. Because prophecy goes with speaking in tongues. It goes to speaking in tongues. Everybody must prophesy. Every child of God must prophesy because every child of God has made a prophet. The days of you going to seek a certain prophet somewhere must end. It must end because you've been made a prophet. Why would a prophet be looking for another prophet? For what purpose? The problem is that you are looking for. That's the problem. You are looking for. You want a word for your life. When the word for your life is stuck inside you. The word is 90. <laughs> yeah. It's serious. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. 1 Corinthians 14, 1. I want to show you more evidence. More. Okay. What is the title of the message? Working for the Lord through fasting and prayer. So, this is introduction. I'm just introducing the subject to you. Have you realized I've not started talking about prayer? I've not started talking about fasting? I've not started talking about any of those things, isn't it? I'm just introducing the subject to you, helping you with various things before you we enter that place so that when we enter that place you will know that you are the one who is called to do that hallelujah, hallelujah. hallelujah. can you imagine if, if all of us are praying certain kinds of prayers 
all of us, there are plenty of us here. There are more than 200 of us here. If all of us are praying in, in a certain way, the effect we can have together, you'll be surprised. That's what I'm bringing you to. It says follow after charity or love. Charity is not talking about the lady called charity. He's talking about love, okay? So he says follow after love and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may what? Professor. Rather that you may what? Professor. He wants you to prophesy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go to verse 5. I want that you all speak with tongues, but rather that you prophesy. For greater is he that prophesied than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interprets, that the church may, may, may receive edifying. He says, but rather that you prophesy. Meaning that's like it's an open check. Everybody is expecting everybody to be prophesying. It's expecting everybody to prophesy because everybody is a prophet. Everybody is a prophet. Now, the problem with, with the New Testament church and with the people of God that we have today is that they don't understand what they have become. And that's what I'm trying to teach you today. Okay? They don't understand. There are two types of prophecy. There's foretelling. Write it down. Foretelling. F-O-R-E. Telling. T-E-L-L-I-N-G. Foretelling. Two types. Foretelling and forth-telling. Forth-telling. Forth is F-O-R-T-H. Not F-O-U-R-T-H. F-O-R-T-H. Forth-telling. So foretelling. F-O-R-E. Foretelling. And forth-telling. F-O-R-T-H. Telling. These are the two types of prophecies in the New Testament. Prophecy, I'm talking about prophecy by the word. The prophecy is declaring the word of God. Okay? Prophecy is what? Declaring the mind of God concerning a thing, a place, or a matter. Now, foretelling, I said foretelling, not fortune telling. Foretelling is different from fortune telling. It's different from uh, palm reading. It's different from crystal gazing. Okay? It's different from, uh, uh, what's the other one? Capricorn and those things. Zodiac reading. It's different from zodiac reading and zodiac whatever. It's different. Now some of you will go, you, you, you open the, the Facebook and then graphic and then you are reading what you are. Oh, I'm Sagittarius. What are you? I'm Sagittarius. What are you? I'm Capricorn. Okay, so what is, how is your day supposed to be like? My day is supposed to be an angry day. Because today the moon is, there's something wrong with you. You are not functioning according to the word of God. You are functioning according to something else. Okay? But that's not what we are talking about. Foretelling is not fortune telling. Fortune telling, they will, they will put some spa down and then tell you, that they will put some cars and tell you that, okay, uh, you are, this is what is going to happen to you in the future. You are going to have an accident somewhere. All those things. Some people do palm reading. They open your palm and then they will be talking to you that, okay, because of the lines that are, the kind of lines that are in your palm, they say, yeah, you are supposed to be something and something and something. That's all I'm talking about. That is not scripturally, it's not scripturally correct. If you are into those things, stop before something bad happens to you because I've told you today. In the light of ignorance, God wings us. But the day you get to know, you must repent. Are you in the, are you in the, are you in the church? Repent. Change before something bad happens to you. Don't be interested in such things. Okay? I'm talking about foretelling. Say foretelling. foretelling. And foretelling has to do with to tell ahead of time. Okay? Things in the mind of God. To tell ahead of time. Things in the mind of God. 
to tell ahead of time things in the mind of God. To tell ahead of time what? Things in the mind of God concerning a person or people. Places or events. Okay? It's to tell ahead of time things in the mind of God concerning a person or people, places or events. Hallelujah. Did you get it? And what I just mentioned is what qualifies the prophetic ministry. Okay? This is what prophets do. Prophets tell the mind of God concerning a particular thing, a particular place. Something that is going to happen, of events that are going to occur. For instance, there's a prophet in the Bible called Agabus. In Acts chapter 11, Agabus came and spoke about a famine that was going to occur in Israel. Nobody knew. There were other people who were prophesying. But when he came, he was given a divine ability to be able to foretell what was going to come. And when he spoke of it, it did happen. He foretold, Acts 11, what? 28. He foretold of what was going to come. Okay? Praise the Lord. So you can have it. There are prophets who are anointed by God. It's the prophetic ministry is part of the fivefold ministry. That's what I'm talking about. Okay? That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the gift of prophecy that is given to every child of God. That's what I'm talking about. So look at this. Acts chapter 11 verse 20. And there stood up one of them named Nagabus and signified by the spirit that there should be. Go, go up. Go to, go to verse 27. It says, and in these days came prophets from Jerusalem unto Antioch. The, these were prophets. They were specific about it. They were prophets. Have you seen it? And when they came, one of them called Agabus stood up and signified by the spirit that there should be a great death or famine throughout all the world, which came to pass in the days of Claudius Caesar. So what he said came to pass. If a prophet says, someone says a prophet and what he says does not come to pass, it's not, we are talking about things concerning events. There are some in this city. They will tell you this will happen. You'll be shocked. You'll be shocked that what will happen. It will happen perfectly. Pe -pe -pe. Same thing. Those are prophets. They are into foretelling. But there's another side of prophecy called foretelling. Okay? Which you and I are to be experts of. <laughs> because we are children of God. Now, the prophetic ministry does not neutralize uh, the will of God in your life. For instance, someone will say that, oh, uh, I know that I'm supposed to marry this person. You've prayed about it. No, listen to what I'm saying. You've prayed about it. You've fasted about it. And you know in your spirit that God has spoken to you that this is the person to marry. You know. Then a prophet comes to you and comes to tell you that this is not the woman you're supposed to marry. I've seen some before live and Khaled. This is not the person you're supposed to marry. Who, the one you're supposed to marry is another person. What are you going to do? Will you leave the lady that you have proposed to and that you are planning to get married to? Because a prophet said. How authentic is that prophet? Who is that prophet? Sometimes you'll be there and then someone, someone will call you. I know some, there are some people like that. You, have, you, you are in this church, but you have at least three, three other prophets that you listen to. Some call you on Mondays. The other calls you on Wednesdays. The other calls you on Friday. Then Sunday you are here. You are booked for the whole week. You have a personal prophet who is always whispering some things into your ears. This one is going to happen. And then you, you have to make some, do some acquaintance here and there. They will tell you, okay, so mix this one with this one and do this. There's something wrong. You are not using bath with what? Akasha. Bath with Akasha. Bath with Parazun. Do this.
pour one bottle of oil upon your upon yourself before you sleep because there are some there are some devils who are coming to visit you tonight. There's something wrong. Tell me about there's something wrong. That is not how it's supposed to be. Let me give you an example. Go to Acts chapter Acts chapter twenty one from verse eight. And the next day, we that were of Paul's company departed and came unto Caesarea. And we entered into the house of Philip the evangelist, which was one of the seven, and abode with them. Okay, abode with him. The one of the seven, he's talking about the seven who were chosen in Acts chapter 6 to become deacons in the church. Philip was one of them. At that time, he was just a deacon. But this time, he had become an evangelist. He had developed to become an evangelist. He's the one who took the gospel to Samaria and took the gospel to Ethiopia through the Ethiopian Enoch. He did all those things. He became an evangelist with time. So they went to his house. Paul and his company went to this man's house. And the same man had four daughters, which were virgins, which did prophesy. So he says the, the man had four children, uh, young daughters who were virgins and prophesied. He didn't say they were prophets. They prophesied. Okay? But then look at the next verse. And as we tarried there many days, there came down from Judea a certain prophet named Agabus. This same Agabus has come back to this meeting. Serious prophet. Look at what he did when he came. Are you ready to see? I want to give you a very, very wild A. Are you ready to see it? Are you ready? And when he was come unto us, he took Paul's ghetto or Paul's belt. Paul's uh, ghetto was what they put around their waist. He took Paul's ghetto and bound his own hands and feet. Prophets are dramatic. When he took it, he started tying his own hand. He started tying his feet together. And said, Thus yes, the Holy Ghost. So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that owned this ghetto and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. Was he a prophet? Was he a prophet? Yes. What, was what he was saying true? Yes. He, he says, He spoke by the Spirit. Thus yes, the Holy Ghost. Go back. Thus yes, the Holy Ghost. The man who owns this ghetto shall be bound like this by the Jews at Jerusalem. And they shall deliver him to the Gentiles. Who did the ghetto belong to? It belonged to Paul. So Apostle Paul walks in and when he walks in, he sees that Ujafu has bound his hand and his feet and is talking. So look at the next verse. And when we heard these things, this, this Luke writes in this particular book. Luke says, when we heard these things, both we and they of that place besought him not to go up to Jerusalem. We started talking to Paul not to go to Jerusalem because Paul has set his face as a friend to go to Jerusalem. I am going to Jerusalem. Why? Because God has spoken to him to go to Jerusalem. God has spoken to him to go to Jerusalem. As a person, in his prayer, as he prays, he knows he's supposed to be at Jerusalem. And the prophet comes along and comes to say that the guy who goes, whose ghetto this is, belongs to this ghetto, whoever, is going to be bound in Jerusalem and will be killed. So when they heard, they were like, hey, 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 Paul's not supposed to go. This is the will of God. He's not supposed to go. Now, remember, I'm showing you this to let you know that a prophet's word does not mean the word of God. He can tell you, oh, if uh, a prophet comes and says that someone is going to die in your family, does that mean that's, a, that's the word of God? No. That, is that the word of God? No. What is the word of God concerning the matter? Death and life are yours. He says he shall satisfy you with long life. So if a prophet comes to come and announce to you that, okay, your father, your father is going to die, what should you do about it? Yeah. We, start, we start preparing for our father's funeral. We, you put him, you, you start saving for it. Is that what you do? No. No, that's not what you do. But that is what we do these days. When we hear a prophet talk, hey, that's it. It's finished. 
We start moving along the lines that he has spoken. And start doing everything along that line. That's why we are having the trouble we are having as, a, as children of God these days. And when we heard those, these things, both we and they that of that place, we sought him not to go to Jerusalem. We, a lot of people came and said, don't, don't go. But Paul knew, knew the will of God for his life. Okay, next verse. Then Paul answered, what mean you to weep and to break my heart? Why do you want to break my heart by your weeping? Why are you weeping? For I'm ready not to be bound only, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. I, I know the will of God concerning my life. My life, and he went there to go and die because that was the will of God concerning his life. He went there to go and die. So even though the prophet has seen it, that it didn't mean that that was the will of God. So prophets are to see, they are supposed to declare things concerning events, places, things. They'll say that this is going to happen. Okay? Yeah, if we don't pray about it, it will happen. But if we pray about it, it will not happen. If you reject it, it will not happen. So that's the way you should receive prophecy when it's coming to you. Someone has called you on the phone. Okay, so I saw you in a, in a VIP bus and you had an accident and your head was taken off. Uh-huh. So what should I do about it? I refuse it in Jesus' name. You start confessing the word, and that's the other side. It's called speaking forth. Okay. It's called speaking forth. Okay. Foretelling. Foretelling. Tell me about foretelling. Foretelling. You must learn to speak words of power. Okay? So let me give you the definition of foretelling. Can I give it to you? Yes, Pastor. Okay. Foretelling. To tell out or to tell forward. To tell out or to speak out. To tell out or tell forward. What is in the mind of God? Okay? The declaration of events in the mind of God. The declaration of events in the mind of God. Or God's word to an individual. Foretelling is to tell out or to tell forward what is in the mind of God. The declaration of events, okay, you can say i.e. The declaration of events in the mind of God or God's word to an individual. People, place, or event for a particular time. So this one is specific, for a particular time. Hallelujah. Did you catch it? You didn't catch it. Okay, let me, let me read it once again. It is to tell out or to tell forward what is in the mind of God. The declaration of events in the mind of God or God's word to an individual. Okay? People, place, or event for a particular time. Declaration of events in the mind of God or the declaration of, of God's word to an individual. People, place, or event for a particular time. is similar to something called Rema in the Bible. It's the same thing. Hallelujah. Okay, so what am I talking about? For instance, what, what has God said about you from his word? That's why I began by talking about ignorance. Sometimes I can be in a prophetic meeting and the prophet doesn't have anything to say about me. Or to say to me. He doesn't. Because when you look at me in the spirit, you see that everything is fine. Eh? <laughs> Even if there are things that are not fine, he, is, he can handle it. I remember I was in a certain high-powered prophetic meeting. The prophet called me. I was in front of him. He called me. Come. Like he said, you see this man, he knows everything. Go and sit down. That's what he said. <laughs> he, knows, he, knows, he knows what he's about. 
Yeah, so you can sit down. Then he went to the next person. Yeah, because if you say it and it's not, the, it's not part of the will of God that I know, what should I do? Should I stand there and say, oh God, I don't know what's going to happen. No, you refuse it. You reject it in the name of Jesus. You have the name of Jesus. You reject it in the name of Jesus. You must learn to speak forth. How do you speak forth? How do you, how do you uh, 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 foretell, foretell the word of God concerning your life? It means that we can prophesy to each other. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Let's read verse 29 into verse 31. Okay? 1 Corinthians 14, 29. He says, let the prophets speak two or three and let the other judge. Let the who? The prophets. He says, let the prophets speak. Meaning that this is with respect to the prophets, the prophetic ministry. I've told you that already, isn't it? They have to do what? Foretelling. They foretell. Okay? Look at the next verse. If any man, if anything be revealed to another, that's it, by let the first hold his peace. He says the prophets can prophesy one after the other. In a meeting. It's nothing wrong. Then the next verse says, For ye may all prophesy one to another that all may learn and all may be comforted. You may all prophesy. You may all prophesy. We may all prophesy. It means that you must prophesy. Tell me about you must prophesy. I'm looking for a prophetic word from you. Tell me about I'm looking for a prophetic word from you. Yeah. On, on Friday, someone was giving a testimony. And as he was giving the te- his testimony, he said that he prophesied to me that this is going to happen. And then he also said, another person gave a testimony, and then one of the brothers said, you remember I spoke to you, I mentioned it to you some two weeks ago, that it was going to happen. I don't know if you remember, those of you who are here on Friday. What was happening? It is the gift of prophecy in operation. It is for everybody. It is for the benefit of everybody. You can foretell, foretell what is going to happen in someone's life through God's word. It is called, it is by faith. You can do it according to a proportion of faith. You speak for the word of God. So sometimes I come to church and I say, I see this thing happening to you. I'm prophesying to you. Even though I'm not occupying the office of a prophet, you realize that it will happen to to you in your life. I'm not called a prophet. I'm not called a prophet. But I can prophesy to you the word of God. And it will happen in your life. So forth telling is prophesying the word of God. Or speaking for the word of God concerning the will of God concerning someone's life. Do you understand? How does it happen? Go to 1 Corinthians 14. We are in 14 now. Go to verse 5. I'll close with this. Okay? Then we'll continue next week. We'll talk about priests and then talk about the prayers that we are supposed to pray. Hallelujah. Just I would that you all speak with tongues, but rather that you prophesy. Then it says, For greater is he that prophesied than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interprets that the church may receive edifying. He says that the one who prophesies is greater. He's not talking about in terms of value or worth. He's talking about impact, how he can help you. If you came to church and I was just speaking in tongues, I'm preaching like this. Ragabino? Valbize? Shon Balvilkazu? Balbio? Falbeko Sile Bayro. Jelebra Bayadekosi. How does it benefit you in any way? 
I'm speaking in tongues and I'm blessing indeed. The Bible says that the one who speaks yeah. in tongues and blesses with tongues blesses indeed. He blesses well. But you too, it will not be to any benefit to you. So in terms of it benefiting you, it is zero. Prophecy is greater in that light. Do you understand? Yeah. So how can I prophesy? How can I prophesy? Because you, you are the prophet of your life. I've told you you are, the king, you are a king. You've made a priest. You've made a prophet. Now I've showed you. He says, in the last days, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. They shall all prophesy. They shall all prophesy. I'll pour my spirit and they shall all prophesy. So how do we prophesy? Ask me, but how do we prophesy? Do you want to know? How many of you want to know? Listen. There are events that are going to happen in your life that are inside you. You know, your spirit man knows. First Corinthians 2 verse 11. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of that man which is inside him? Your spirit man knows everything about you. It's a matter of bringing what he knows out and speaking it forth with words that you can understand. Eh? For what man knows the things of a man save the spirit of the man which is inside him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Your spirit knows everything about you and everything about your future. Your spirit man knows who you marry. Oh, I knew who I'll marry. I knew. And I knew the date I was going to marry. How? How? I knew it. I spoke it forth. I spoke it forth. I knew. I knew. I know the timelines in my life. Sometimes I come and say, oh, I, I have a five-year plan. Sure. Do you, know, do you know what I did before I got the five-year plan? <laughs> I don't need a prophet to tell me. I, I can know. And you can know. You can know because you are the prophet of your life. Don't wait for some country. Don't wait for some oil to be poured on you by a certain prophet somewhere who doesn't even who is not even from where you are or has not been brought to you by your pastor. If you are going, I've brought a prophet to you. I brought a prophet them to you, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Have I ever introduced any other prophet to you? No. So what is your problem? Why should you be looking for other prophets that your pastor has not designated for you? Your spirit man knows everything. Everything is inside. In First Corinthians fourteen fourteen. Eh? He says that, for if I speak in an unknown tongue, my spirit, the amplified, this minds, go to the amplified version. 14, 14. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, how many of you pray in tongues? How many of you pray in tongues? It is too important. If you don't speak in tongues, a lot of things will not happen in your life. A lot of things will not happen. It is the doorway to the spirit. Speaking in tongues is the doorway to the realm of the spirit. You want to know the spirit and know what's going on around you and know what's going on with your mom and all those things. Speaking in tongues is the way. So he says, if, for if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit, by the Holy Spirit within me, prays. So immediately you start speaking in tongues, there's a conversation that begins. The word pray means conversation or communication. That's what it means. So immediately you start speaking in tongues. He says, my spirit within me. By the Holy Ghost who is in me begins to pray. I see it. So, you see, he mentions, go back to 1 Corinthians 2, verse 11. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of that man which is inside him? Even so, the spirit of, even so, it is only the spirit of God who knows the, the things of God, doesn't it? Okay. He says, for what man knows the things of man, say the spirit of man which is in him. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. So, this is the Spirit of God who knows the things of God. And this is your Spirit who knows your things. And the two of them are talking. And interacting. What can't you know from the Spirit? What can't you know from the Spirit as you are speaking in tongues? He says, for if I 
as I pray, I don't talk. My spirit, by the Holy Spirit who is in me, begin to pray. Go back to that place, 1 Corinthians 15, 14, 14. For if I pray on own tongue, my spirit by the Holy Spirit within me prays, but my mind is unproductive. It bears no fruit and helps nobody. That is what happens when I'm speaking in tongues. When I'm speaking in tongues, he says that your mind is unproductive. Your mind does not know what you are talking about. So you can be speaking in tongues and your mind will be eating gobe somewhere. You can be speaking in tongues and your mind will be visiting your boyfriend somewhere. You can be speaking in tongues and your mind will be uh, uh, playing golf or swimming or watching a movie. You can, do you know you can speak in tongues and you'll be watching a movie in your mind? Yeah. You are watching Wedding Party Part 2. Yeah. In your mind, in your mind. <laughs> so you can be speaking in tongues. But I think about how the guy proposed to the lady and how the lady accepted. And you can see that you do this. Oh, it's like you are just you are just remembering how the lady was hurt. You do the mola basha, but then you do this. Oh, mola basha, bala 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 bala. You are just speaking in tongues. <laughs> your mind is unproductive. That's not your mind. That's not know what's going on. But you can make your mind productive. The productivity of your mind is called prophecy. The productivity of your mind and the speaking forth of what has been ministered to your mind is what is called prophecy. Are you listening to me? Go to verse 15. Let's read King James. Speak in tongues for some time. Just speak in tongues for some time. Just blast in tongues. Hallelujah. Your mind can be fruitful. Tell me, but your mind can be fruitful. Now, go to verse 12. And I'll read to verse 13. He says, even so ye, for as much as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that ye may excel to the edifying of the church. Seek that you may excel to the edifying of the church. To saying things that will bring grace, will, will build you up and build others up. Okay? Edifying means, that's what it means, to build up or to grow someone. So whatever I'm saying must build you up and grow you and develop you. My telling you that your mom is going to die is not going to build you up in any way. It's not going to develop you in any way. Okay? Prophecy is for the purpose of comfort, exhortation. Yeah, and for edification. That's what it is for. It says, even so ye. Go back to that place. 12. Even so, for as much as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that ye may excel to the edifying of the church. Verse 13. It's what I really want you to see. Then it says, wherefore, let him that speak in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. Now, what is he saying? Is he saying that after he's looking at us, then you pray, Father, give me interpretation. Give me interpretation or something bad will happen to you. Father, give me interpretation. Is that, is that what he's saying? That's not what he's saying. He says that the one, wherefore let him that speak in a, in a known tongue. Now, this is with reference to what has just been said. He says, seek that you may edify the church. How do you seek that you may edify the church? He says, wherefore, because of edifying the church, you, when you're praying in tongue, Pray that you may interpret. In other words, pray to the, to the point that you get interpretation. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because as you speak in tongues, there's a point where your mind becomes fruitful. Next verse. Go to the next verse. Verse 14. For if I pray in a known tongue, my spirit prayer, but my understanding is unfruitful. Next verse. Verse 15. What is it then? I will pray with the spirit. I will pray with what? With the spirit. 
I will start praying with the spirit. What does it mean to pray with the spirit? Mona, Falgeje, Belugo, Shosini. Speaking in tongues. I will pray with the spirit. Then he says, and I will pray with the understanding also. The understanding is the also. So this how this how it goes. Mola badeshi kustustu monini break ashono golara basite menini boloda bayede zigo sanibli kashono bobeli azisti minuna balere rego suste mina abe rego shula. Now as you are as you are praying in tongues, eh, your mind is on what you are doing. Don't let your mind be roaming about. I preach a message on the benefits of speaking in tongues. Go for that message. Bring your mind to what you are doing. Because as you bring your mind to what you are doing, you hear God speak to you from within. Remember that as you are praying in tongues, you are spread by the Holy Ghost who is in you are praying. They are conversing. And they, it can be, whatever they are talking about can be ministered to your mind. So it says, I'll pray with the Spirit and I'll pray with the understanding also. I'll pray with the understanding. Why will I pray with the understanding also? Because I will hear. I'll receive something from the Spirit and I'll pray it with the understanding also. Speaking in tongues, eh? praying in tongues, eh? it is your number one. I was talking to my father in law recently, and he said he went on a, on a, on a retreat. He's, he goes on retreats every, every month. Okay, and I also lent it. I go every month. He said recently he went on the retreat, and as he was, God told me to, to just speak in tongues. He said, as I was praying in tongues, then his tongue would just change. Saved. Saved from impending calamity. Saved. Saved from impending calamity. Saved. To him, he's speaking in tongues, but that's what he's hearing. He's hearing saved on his lips. That's what his tongue just changed. Saved from impending calamity. Saved from impending calamity. What was he? He was speaking forth his future. Whatever calamity. We don't know what it is, but whatever it is, it has been sorted out. It has happened to me several times. I can be speaking the Mona Breaker, Shuda Baligi, Stobolo Breaker, Shiniba, Rego, Suti, Mini, Brahma, Dodo, Boshe, Libra, Basuke, Sestemene, Roba, Baba, Yidigo, Sostomo, Nomo. Then I'll hear, call her, call her, call her, call Joyce, call Joyce. So if you receive a call from me, it's not because I'm like, I'm just, no, no, no. Sometimes I'm speaking the Mona Breaker, Shiniba, because he called this person, and a call can save you from something mysterious that was going to happen to you. It happens to me frequently. It's called speaking forth the word of God. Speaking forth the word of God concerning a, a particular thing, a particular place, a particular, at a particular time. That is how to be a prophet of your life. You can be speaking in tongues, and then it will just turn. Mommy is fine. Mommy is well. You just secured your mom. How did I know I was supposed to start a church? How did I know? May I didn't hear any, I didn't see any burning bush. I'm here to see a burning bush. I'm here to see an angel flying to come and tell me, Pastor T. <laughs> Do you know you are called? Do you know you are called? You are called rough if you don't know what. <laughs> I'm here to see, I'm here to see some. I'm Gabriel. I'm here to see that. This is how we function. And this is how God expects everybody to function. As a child, it says, the outpouring of the Spirit will lead you to prophesying. You are the prophet of your life. Don't let anybody deceive you. Tell anybody you are the prophet of your life. As you speak in tongues, Pula, Dashike, Silo, Blapa, Liko, Shini, Nengo, Siste, Mino, Vraba, keeping your mind on what you are doing. You will hear a word. You will hear a word. The word will just come out. It will just come out from within. Do this. How do I know what to do? 
without we see without praying in tongues, I'll be blind. I'll be a blind pastor. I'll not know what to do. Sometimes I'll be there, I'll, I'll just come. Okay, we are doing this. We do it and it works. Yeah. We are doing this. We do it. We are going to start another thing altogether. And it will work. Because as I was praying, you see, I'm not the kind of person who does things. I'm not the uh, see and do. I'm not the see and do type of person. Like, because this person is doing and is working, let me also do the same thing. No, 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 no. I don't preach messages that I just heard from somebody. I don't do that. If it has not formed a part of me, I will never preach it. The message I was listening to at dawn, I've not mentioned it today. My, my machine was on. Playing messages throughout the, throughout the night. But I'm not, that's what I'm preaching about. Because it must form in me. I must have an experience of it. I must hear God. If you do secondhand confessions, it will not help you. It is what you have heard from the world, the Spirit that will, that will work for you. Hey, listen to me. It is what, you, what we do here is to train you in, in learning how to confess for yourself. Now, that confession is different from what I'm talking about now. It's different. Because I can just start confessing. I'm the light of God. I'm the light of God in the world. The glory of God is working in my life. That sparks the anointing of God in your life. It does. It does. And I've spoken about it several times. But this one is prophecy. Saying things concerning your future. Concerning your now. Concerning other people's life. God's mind. Bringing God's mind to the, to the fore. You can know what God is saying. Yeah. 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 You can know. And when you speak for that word. It goes for to question. It's called they are called words of power, words of power born from the womb of the spirit. Brothers and sisters, Charlie, you are the prophet of your life. Tell anybody you are the prophet of your life. Are you ready to prophesy? I don't know if you've, if you've seen what I'm talking about now. Yeah. Are you ready to say some things to your life? Are you ready? Just speak it for the next five minutes. You are going to have, God is going to give you an experience wherever you are, whether you are here or out there. God is going to give you a, a very special. Rise up on your feet right now. God is going to give you a special experience this morning. This morning. This morning. God bless you for listening. Keep listening to the word as Christ is made the center of your world. For prayer and counseling, call 024-563-8314 or send an email to info at ChristWorldINC.com. God bless you.